What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 60 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. As always, I'm your host, Rob, and I'm being joined by my co-host and producer of this mess of a show, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? Mess of a show? <laughs> Honestly, this is the smoothest start we've had. We actually had a pre-show. Yeah, yeah, no, it and we had, we out. had, giving you a hard we, time. We had time left over at the end of the pre-show as well. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it went really well. <laughs> of course you would, since you're producing it. Yeah, look, and I even added a little bit of flair for you this week. Check, look, look by your name. Ah, I appreciate that. I, uh, a little bit of housekeeping and admin stuff out of the way. As always, we record every Tuesday night, 9.15 Eastern, and you can watch us live over at twitch.tv slash theworkprint. And then shortly after we go off the air, Bilal does his magic, and then we're available pretty much everywhere uh, podcasts are found. So that's Spotify, Google Play, Pocket Cast, Apple Podcasts. Uh, so what he's referring to right now, for those not watching live, oh, is yeah. I have a little golden uh, mushroom kingdom mushroom with a crown on it. And that's the perfect segue for us to go ahead and talk in, about what we've been playing this past week. Bilal, you want to start us off? What, what, what you've been playing? Um, I guess we'll start off with the obvious. We've been playing Mario Golf uh, Super Rush, which came out on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, it's uh, from developer Camelot. It brings you back uh, to the Game Boy Color days of uh, RPG uh, in golf. And it is what you would expect from a, a Mario sports game. It brings back your favorite characters. You got your Marios, you got your Bowsers, your Bowser Juniors, uh, and, and some new faces like Charging Chuck from Super Mario World, uh, Paulina, uh, and a few others. Uh, it's like the cast of Mario Party playing golf. Uh, and, and I think the big ad this time around for, uh, I think this is like the sixth or seventh golf game Nintendo has done, is uh, they brought back the, adventure, the RPG-like uh, adventure mode where you start off as a me character that plays through uh, this rookie tournament uh, and to make your way up in the Mario Golf universe. Uh, it's, it, it's been pretty fun so far. Um, they're... At, you play through the courses, you get experience, and as you level up, you can increase a different type of skills. You have power, stamina, control, speed, power. Uh, and I said something like that twice, but it's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you you level it up. You uh, create the character you want to play. Uh, you can buy. You can earn coins uh, that are on the course. You uh, can buy outfits, shoes, new clubs uh, as you make your way through the story mode. Uh, I played through the first starting area, uh, which introduces you to the basic golf mechanics and uh, speed golf. So after you putt uh, or or drive, uh, what, what's the correct terminology here? <laughs> after every shot. After every shot you take, yeah. you run to the ball. Uh, so you have a stamina meter, you have a special dash that you can use. Uh, each character has their own unique dash, so you can like... Uh, knock somebody over or um, create an AOE effect of some sort. Yeah, so you run to your ball. Uh, there's a time limit to get to it and uh, hit it. And I think every time you hit the ball, you get 30 seconds added on to your timer. And after that, um, you know, you just need to get it in first. I'm a bit confused about this, Rob. I don't know if you felt the same way. W what's the point when you have more than enough time? 
So I'm if you if you run out of time, you get a one stroke penalty every time okay. you run out of time. So I don't think it adds 30 seconds after each shot. I think it resets the timer essentially. Okay. What this does is it alleviates and stops people like me. I don't know if you noticed when we were playing yesterday, but I was taking my sweet time and lining up these shots, making sure my clubs are the right clubs for the shot and not rushing. Whereas when I'm playing speed golf, it is a little bit of, even if I have plenty of time, I'm still like, okay, well, I got to hurry up and figure this out. I can't be here forever. And so, as he said, I think it's like, depending on the course, it's either a minute and a half or two minutes between each shot. Yeah. And so, yeah, if you so, run out, yeah. the timer runs out, you get a one stroke penalty. Have you been, it's funny because of speed golf, I've started, I first started pitting my experience points. Cause you mentioned we get experience for each match in the adventure and you pit that experience towards the different stats that you mentioned before, before. I played a couple rounds of the speed golf. I was mostly focusing on, you know, control, power, spin, and not really putting any points into speed or stamina. But as I played more speed golf and I realized kind of how important it was, that's when I started to put points in there. Not just because I was worried about running out of time, but I don't like how it feels to run to the ball. Like, I just want to be there and hurry on and get on with the game. And I can understand where this could be fun but it's not my favorite form of golf in that game mm-hmm. although i it is better than in my opinion than the cross-country golf have you played any of that no so i, I just got to the cross-country golf section and i haven't I had a chance to um fire that up just yet. so yeah the idea behind that is you have a set number of strokes that you have to complete the course in so however many holes they have in front of you and you can do the holes in any order And so very much is instead of sometimes instead of just going after the hole that's right in front of you, it makes more sense for you to go a fair way over to a different hole and kind of just, you know, plot your course ahead of time on how you want to tackle these holes. And they're at different elevations and stuff too. So when you do finish a hole, instead of going to the tee box for the next hole, you actually tee off from that green of where you sank that hole. So it's, there's a lot going on there. I don't think I'm the biggest fan of it um, versus just the pure normal golf. I will say there is also a mode called battle golf, which I, I haven't played yet at all. So I don't know how that is going to work out where that's going to rank. But the, the pure golf, as you said, it, the pure golf is fun. It's like exactly what I want after uh, out of a Mario golf. Anybody can pick up and play. There is some death to it. And so there will be some skill gaps and some ranges of skill between players online. And it also still rewards people who actually have knowledge of golf, right? I think we we played online for the stream after you ran your mouth on social media. And it was a one-on-one, we played 18 holes. And I really do think that the biggest difference, considering that we both have only spent at that point about an hour and a half or so playing the game, the biggest difference between the two of us was I actually play golf terribly, but I play in real life and know how to play and understand the clubs and you don't. So there was a lot of situations where if I was you taking that shot, I would have clubbed down or I would have aimed farther to the left or right 
just knowing what those clubs, how they behave and how the wind conditions were going to affect it and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because when it, when I was putting out that video, I didn't realize that there was this classism and elite elitism that was going to come with all of this. I didn't expect to have Rob just I, when I showed up to the stream uh, to play against Rob yesterday. I didn't realize it was going to be something like, "Hey, you're not even wearing appropriate clothing." For oh this. yeah, I came. I was wearing khaki shorts, a polo button all the way up. I had a cap on. I mean, I I went as far as putting on my golf shoes. I've got a pair of Nike golf shoes. I was wearing those in my house on my carpet. And so I told you right away, they wouldn't have let you on most courses just the way you were. Right from the beginning, it was a th it, I, I didn't feel welcome. It, the nerves got to me. Um, I didn't realize I was playing against Tiger Woods. Um, <laughs> I wish I had a deep red polo because I would have wore it. Yeah, no, um, but I got to say the online was actually pretty fun. Uh, you know, we took turns playing through. I know we messed around with some of those special shots uh, that um, the game lets you, uh, each character has. I think with, what exactly was Yoshi's? He turned, he launched an egg. Yeah, so with Yoshi's special shot, wherever my ball ended up landing, it would turn all the other balls in a radius, fairly large one at that, into eggs. So when you hit your next shot, the ball didn't roll true the same way a normal golf ball was because it was oblong like an egg so it rolled differently and it bounced around differently i will say that some of the shots do feel strong but not overpowered i mean i haven't come across a special shot yet that i was like oh that's game breaking yeah and well and just to show how good rob actually was uh i was playing as bowser jr and my special shot uh creates a smoke effect uh wherever uh, my ball lands and so I would use it around the flag uh, around the hole so Rob didn't have a clear shot and at this point I, I think we played like 12 holes before we were like oh yeah we have special okay. shots right uh, yeah and so I, I was a bit behind because I don't know what trees are and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that like my shot was going through the tree and I was like I bet I, 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 I can thread this needle I, I it was as if this. It was as if you had a personal vendetta against birds <laughs> and squirrels. You were just exactly. destroying those trees. And, and like, there was one tree that did help me, uh, where yes. I did. <laughs> and, and you didn't comment it as much. Uh, but, you know, that was a high-level IQ play by me. I, I knew exactly what I was <laughs> yeah, doing Yeah, big brain. Yeah, big brain move. Uh, but, like, so I would use my special. I would create a smoke screen. So on the meter, so it's, it's a triple A tap to shoot so you press a once to set your uh, power meter the second one is for accuracy is there a third no one? no or, it's uh, a it's around? a single no it's a single tap wait then what's the second line for so the second the second meter when it comes back yeah. up is to give you time to curve your shot if you want to curve it using okay. the left stick yeah i've been hitting a again at the end of that okay no you don't it doesn't do it it doesn't do anything <laughs> okay so the accuracy so is based on depending on who you're playing as, what club you're using and where the ball is lying, whether it's in the fairway or the rough, all the power meters, all the meters in the game at the top, they have this red zone. 
And the farther into that red zone you are, the more likely you are to hit a bad shot. So there's a risk, and it's not guaranteed, but there is a risk reward, a little bit of RNG with whether or not you want to hit, go for broke and hit that hard of a shot, max power shot. If you're in the rough or in the bunker, that red bar, which in the fairway is tiny, ends up taking up half or more of your bar. And so that's what dictates accuracy along with player stats. I think player stats, more control will result in shorter bars. That after you set the power, what it is, is the ability to actually uh, curve the shot left or or right. Yeah, you're bringing it up on the stream right now and you kind of see that that meter. And so, yeah, so that that's what that second bar is for to allow you to curve the shot. Another thing is depending on what button press you input when you are setting your power, that dictates what kind of spin is on the ball as well. You hit it once, you just hit A and it is normal spin. You hit double tap A, you're gonna get top spin. You hit B instead of A, you get backspin. Double tap it, you get super backspin. And so that's about as deep as the game goes, is the curve and the spins. Yeah, and uh, Rob was out there. He put his finger in his mouth. He was holding it in the air, <laughs> adjusting for wind and everything. Um, it was... Uh, he, he got the lucky. Funny, he the got funny thing, lucky. Yeah, I got lucky. <laughs> the funny thing is I think I played bad, actually, and I am only going to widen the gap going forward, I believe. I think I won by, I won by three strokes, four strokes, when four, all of a sudden done. Four strokes. I had, I had bad luck when it came to clutch putts like i think that one right there where it just hooked right around uh for what have been a birdie uh so i missed some prime opportunities uh when we played yesterday uh but like i I, credit to you even when i so when i use that smoke screen around the hole you couldn't see the flag you couldn't see the distance on the power meter uh of like how exactly needed and you were still nailing it and uh, it was like at that point i was like i can't stop him (laughs) He's unstoppable. <laughs> He's the Terminator. Um, but I will practice, and we'll, we'll we'll unlock that. We'll go back to that next course because I think we have five more courses to go through. Uh, something like that, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, so. I will say that I do see this being something that we pick up and stream regularly. Mm-hmm. And even off stream, I think this is something I'm going to be playing with my friends. It, the, it, I, the, on, the online yeah. was really stable. Granted, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's peer-to-peer, and I have that. USB Ethernet adapter, yeah. so I had the, the same thing. Yeah, I have the best possible connection you can get with the Switch. What still isn't that great? Have you ever done a speed test using that thing? No, on I on the Switch. So I did a speed test just out of curiosity to see what it would do. I did a speed test on my computer first, and I was bringing up you know eight nine hundred down, eight nine hundred up, right? I put it on the Switch, and I ran the speed test. And I, it maxed out at like 280 down, which is still really, really good. It's not quite. But it maxed out at like 60 up, which again, really good for what we're playing and, and more than enough. But I think it just goes to show, you know, there are still limitations even with that Ethernet adapter. That you're just not going to get full speeds. And so we did have to use Discord, though, because of... Nintendo refusing to implement a Listen, proper voice I, party I, system. I got a notification on my phone saying I could use a Nintendo Switch Online a lobby to talk to you. It's the best voice party chat system ever created. Oh my god, it's so bad. 
It's so bad. It's so frustrating too, because I really do think now, granted, I'm in a position now where now that I've been streaming online and I have the capture card and the setup here, I can, the switch more than anything is the easiest one because I have an extra base where I just keep the base here now, I drop the switch in and I can be on Discord and playing on the same screen, not a problem. But for most people, that's not the easiest solution. And in the past, the way we would try to get around it is we would either keep our Xboxes on and be an Xbox party because that is still to this day the best uh, party chat as far as I'm con concerned when it comes to the consoles. And the other alternative was having Discord open on our phones, which, you know, a few years back wasn't as stable or consistent as it, I would say it is now. And so there are so many games like Splatoon and Mario Kart, Smash Brothers, all these games I would play on a regular basis if it was for, wasn't for the fact that Nintendo's online system is, is bad and not having a party chat, even if you limit it to, hey, you have to be friends in order to enter, everybody has to be friends in order to enter this party chat, like them not having something at a base level, at a system level I, is a, a huge mistake and, and something that they need to rectify and fix. Now there have been rumors that they are working on overhauling the back end, and hopefully that is something that we, we see in the future, but until they have that, I mean, the Switch is not going to be my go-to multiplayer system with, with friends, no matter how good the games may be on there. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think about wanting to play these games, like the Mario, the Mario Tennises, with friends and family, but then it's always a voice component that's just like, do we just jump on FaceTime audio? Do we, yeah, like, do, right. I, do I have people figure out Discord uh, that haven't used it before? Uh, you know, it's just that component. Like I, we did use the Nintendo Switch Online app for Smash Brothers when that came out, and mm -hmm. you know how well that. I, I think we ended up just calling each other uh, after. I think yeah, that's what that's what yeah. happened to us too. We ended up yeah. Discord was acting finicky on the phones, and so we ended up just being in a like three way call, you know, a, a group call, something like that. And again, not the most ideal scenario. So besides Mario Golf, which we both agree is very good and we're both having a good time, what else have you been playing? Actually, you want to talk about your thing before I jump into my last one? Sure. You probably have a lot yeah. more to say than I yeah. do. Uh, so I haven't been playing a lot of games because I had family, my wife's family over and we were hosting this weekend and going to other people's houses. But what I did pick up because Prime Day was last week was a racing wheel. Specifically, I picked up the Logitech 923 steering wheel and pedals. And I've been messing around with that in Forza Horizon 4. And I've wanted a racing wheel for six or seven years now, but can never justify the, the price. Now, you can, if you're watching live stream, you can see how much it costs normal. I did not pay that. Out of pocket, it ended up being about half of that. But it was a combination of sale and reward certificates. I just imagine Monica, Monica just looking like, wait, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I ran it by the boss before I uh, made the purchase. But that's what it was, right? It very much is a luxury item. It is something that nobody needs. It's just fun. And so I've been wanting one for a while, but could never justify it. And then when it came down to, that, to the price it did... And, I had the reward certificates with Best Buy, which was kind of competing with Amazon for Prime Day. And so I, I picked that up 
and I've been playing Forza Horizon 4 with it, and it made me realize that I can never buy a really fast car because I am going to spin that bad boy out or wrap it around a tree, no doubt. I was playing with this, and it took me a while at first to get the hang of it. Anytime I was going faster than 70 or 80, and it even slightly got off-road, I was spinning out and wrapping it. So I remember when my brother um, bought a wheel back on for the PS2 for, I think, Grand Turismo 3. It had, like, that force feed. I mean, like, force feedback is always something they advertise in these wheels. It yeah. used to shake, like tremendously and we had it like tied like bolted down to a desk and it, the entire wheel would go crazy like how's the force feedback on this uh how's like the turning um what whatnot no it's pretty good it doesn't straight yeah. shake like crazy yeah. at least this one doesn't um and i haven't the way i have it set up right now is i just have like one of those tv trays you know like those dinner yeah tvs and I have it attached and kind of, it has like clamps. So I have it clamped down onto that. I am looking at getting a actual racing mount um, to kind you're, of take you're just care gonna of get that. A chair, because, you're going to get an actual racing I mean, chair. You're gonna make <laughs> I've thought bracket. about it. Yeah, I've thought about it. I've looked at them, but I like the chair I have right now for gaming. And there's only so much space, right? Yeah. It's not something that I'm just going to leave out in the middle of the, you know, entertainment area where I play the games downstairs. And How so, yeah, but it's been a lot of fun. I even had like my daughter try it out a little mm-hmm. bit and granted she was crashing into everything, but she was having a good time. I had one of my wife's little is cousins it, come by and try it out. Is it system uh, limited? Like, is it just a so, Xbox yes. specific? So this one's Xbox and PC and then they have a PlayStation and PC model. So I can use it on PC and there are, while it works in almost all racing games, they have something called True Force, which is their force feedback system where they actually work on a game level with developers to implement it. And that's only supported in a handful of games. So that being said, I really enjoyed it in Forza Horizon 4. And one of the things that also pushed me over the edge is we are getting Forza Horizon 5 in a few months. And so I'm already set up and, and ready for that. One of the cool things I did also, and this is going to sound so silly, but I was driving just in the city, like village streets in Forza mm-hmm. Horizon 4. And <laughs> I would lean my chair back, put just one hand on the wheel and just drive like 35 to the streets, just taking in the sights. But no, it's it's, ha- it's Spotify fun, bumping in the back. Exactly, yeah, exactly. I have yeah. Spotify on. Yeah, I think it's something that I'm definitely going to implement in my kind of just like wind down and relax routine um, How after are- a stressful day. How are the pedals? Like, is there like actual resistance for a different car? Oh, or is it kind yeah. of the same? Well, uh, yeah, I haven't checked on a car by car basis, but I will say just in general, the acceleration, the gas pedal is, there's not a ton of resistance there, but mm-hmm. for the brake, there is, there's like a ton on, on the brake. And especially if you have that set for reverse, cause I don't have, I've been just messing around with it and automatic. I haven't switched over to standard yet cause I wanted to get the hang of actually driving it with this wheel yet before I switched over to manual transmission. And so if you're using that for reverse, then you have to like actually push down kind of hard on it. But this is, and yeah, yeah, this built in rev indicator is kind of cool. So, you know, when you're, when the shift and stuff, yeah. this is, I can no, understand why this is a pricey. It's definitely, yeah. Color. It's definitely 
really well made. So that's the next thing I want to do. So I want to get the mount and then I want to get that manual. You see that shifter yeah. that they have. It doesn't come with it, it right now. The only way to manually shift in a uh, manual transmission is the like uh, paddle shifters on the wheel. And so I'll be messing around with that. But I do want to get one of those real, real soon. Listen, <laughs> oh, all, we'll I'm see. Say, all I'm saying to everyone watching is if you hit that subscribe button at the bottom, maybe by yes. next year, Rob can build a car <laughs> yes. in his house <laughs> to play Forza Horizon 5. I'll tell you what, if somehow we ended up blowing up and getting a significant amount of subscribers, I would, I would build like almost like a, a race car bed in the downstairs that I just used for uh, playing these racing games, Forza mostly. But that wraps it up for what I've been playing really this week. You want to talk about the, the big game we'll say that you've been playing? Yeah, no, uh, so I picked up Scarlet Nexus last week uh, for the PS5. I wanted it for the Xbox, but um, I wasn't able to get a, find an early copy for it on um, Xbox. So picked it up on the PlayStation, and do you like anime? Because if you do, this might be the game for you. Um, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I've heard. I've heard this is very anime. So uh, Scarlet Nexus, uh, you are... One of two characters, Yuito or Kasane, uh, you both have uh, the psychokinesis power uh, where they're able to grab objects and throw them. You live in this world where 99% of the population has some sort of psychic power. Um, uh, everyone, that is, that everyone that has this is part of Psynet, which is kind of like a psychic internet, which creates augmented reality images around the world. So you'd be walking around and you'll see ads up on the wall. So the government's kind of tapped into your body and showing you exactly what they want you to see. Um, your character... Uh, so I started off with Yu Yuito. And so this game is broken off into two campaigns. Uh, uh, you play as Yuito or Kasane. Their stories diverge um, at certain points throughout the story. You encounter each other, but they're off doing their own things. So in order to get the full story, you need to play from both and see things from both their perspectives. From what I've heard and read from people that have finished the game, it's like you'll get the general idea of the story from one playthrough, but both characters play differently and like the perspective stuff, like what one character is doing while the uh, other is doing something else, um, you know, it, it's, it's really good to watch unfold. Uh, the world so, is kind of like... Hold on, real quick, yeah. real quick. So you talk about them playing differently. So this game yeah. is a JRPG, correct? But is it an action one, it, right? It, it's not it, a... It's more It's more an, an action-adventure game with okay. RPG elements. Uh, like gotcha. you have You have a skill tree. So as you level up, you can you get like uh, points that you can put towards certain abilities in the skill tree. Um, but no party members? So you do get party members, but you don't control the party members. So okay. how it works is you're part of this force. Your character starts off by joining the OSF. They grow. So with Yuito, he, all he was wanted to do is since he was a kid, he was saved by an OSF member. So he wants to dedicate himself to the OSF. He comes from, he is your typical shonen character. Uh, shows a lot of promise, comes from a highly regarded family, uh, but like is doing it on his own uh, as much as he wants. Uh you know, it has a very My Hero feel to it because you have uh, you have these psychic abilities, but, like, think of them like quirks. Everyone has something different. Like, your platoon leader has lightning. So one of your childhood best friends has a fire ability. Your best friend has air. 
manipulation. And so it, it's really cool. And so when you're playing, you have your uh, party mates and there's a system called SAS where you get to tap into their abilities. So uh, your best friend uh, from childhood named Hanabi, she has uh, pyro abilities. So you hit like R1 and square or whatever button you assign it to, and then your sword and telekinesis attacks gain the ability for fire. So you're tossing around things and just setting things on fire. Uh, in the environment, you'll see like a random cars or trash or giant rocks you can take and throw. Like the telekinesis abilities you have, uh, feel great like it, it, it is a lot of fun to go in and just throw shit around uh sometimes what's the difficulty like so far are you finding it to be a challenge or is it so far the, you've just are, been walking through there are some challenging fights but it it hasn't it, it's not too easy where it's just a stroll i mean i've been having to use my right. health items in certain fights uh but there are uh, but i wouldn't say i'm dying I, I can't even recall if I, I might have died like once or twice during a boss fight and trying to figure out my way around it. But outside of that, it's been pretty sh straightforward from there. Um, the story is absolutely insane. Like it, it starts <laughs> off and then you get a plot twist and, and, and some of the okay. stuff you'll see coming. But then yeah. there's other things you're just like, oh, so they're doing that. And then, oh, they're doing that. And, and like today I played for an hour. Um, I So... So it's very anime. Is what it, it's, it's, it's very anime. It's not afraid to go there. It's like a sci-fi anime, yeah. the best way to put it. I played for an hour today. Uh, I was, I'm in phase eight, and I'll talk about the phases right after this. But uh, I hit a plot twist, a big like plot reveal, and I was like, oh, shit. Uh, that's insane. 20 minutes later, had I not decided to continue playing today, I would not have seen that other plot twist coming. And I was like, what is <laughs> happening? And like, so, I'm all in on it. Like... That's it's awesome. crazy. It's it's crazy. It's insane. Even the characters um will be like, okay, I, I this is kind of crazy. Like even even they admit like this world is just like what we're not expecting, and it's been fun to see that unravel. And like like I mentioned before, the game's broken up into like chapters called phases, and so the phase you get like a story uh, scene, and it's like kind of like portraits. You'll have like. Uh, the characters on screen and then you'll have like a persona-esque like the character's portrait will pop up and they'll be talking through that um sometimes it's an animated scene sometimes it's not it, it, i think the more highly uh, the more intense scenes are animated uh fully out uh yeah. but you go through that you go through the phase big story events happen and at the end of one you, then you enter a standby phase and in that standby phase you talk to your characters there's like persona-esque bond episodes that you can have with characters you learn more about them more about the world you actually grow attachment and your characters actually talk about that shit that's been happening uh which is nice because with all those plot twists all the crazy twists and turns it's nice to actually have um characters recognize and like react to things that are happening instead of just having that story just push right on uh and so, sure. at so, so at times it does feel like it can be a little bit story heavy maybe you get like 20 30 minutes of cutscenes if you want to invest in those bond episodes and if you increase those bonds the powers through like when you borrow someone's powers you'll unlock better abilities uh when you're uh, when they're in your party so how far how many hours have you played so far i so know you said I'm, you were in phase yeah. nine how many it, hours would you say that is so far so I'm 15 hours in on Yuito's story at phase nine. I think there's either 11 or 12 um, phases in his. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what I saw. Uh, and then once I finish his, then there's a new game plus with Kasane, which will carry over my level. So I can just pump a lot of stuff in her, level okay. her up. Um, 
also a pretty easy trophy game if you don't mind playing through it all. <laughs> um, if uh, or achievement game, if uh, that's what you're looking for, I highly recommend this if you're into anime. Uh, this is it, it's a ton of fun. Um, if you like the Persona esque bond system, if you like um, if you like just the general action, like you'll get like in the Bayonetta uh, or Devil May Cry. Well, the one thing I will say is it's not as like Devil May Cry uh, Cry Five is a well crafted like level by level world. Yeah. Um, with the encounters, like they crafted it in a certain way, so uh, it, the game stands out. This one, maybe the enemy encounters aren't as well crafted, but it's still fun to play. The abilities you get are great. How they evolve over time, it, it kind of feels like a shonen anime. So, um, it it's a high recommendation in my book. No, I definitely am interested in it. I think I was more interested in it prior to finding out that it was a JRPG and probably going to be a significant time sink. But then afterwards, I, I was looking into it, and it seems like it is a 25 to 35-hour game. I think you mentioned that when you play through the second time, because it is New Game Plus, you can kind of pump all of those points into, so you start off stronger, so things should go by faster. So I'm excited to see what your final play time is on that, and I definitely think that it's something that I'm going to pick up, considering that while we do have a bunch of games coming out soon, the next mm, month and a half or so is a little bit dry. And so there will be a spot for that game for me. Um, yeah. I just need to finish up some of my backlog before I dive into that. So, and that's all you've been playing more or less, right? This yeah. Past week? Uh, I, I touched Ender Lilies, but not enough to talk about it, which is a mini Metroidvania that released the indie one. But uh, I think we'll do a stream for that sometime this week, uh, dive into that. And uh, maybe I'll get some more playtime. But right now, I'm all in on Scarlet Nexus. Um, I'm highly anticipating, like, just jumping right back in just to see where that story goes. Uh, like, that's the cool thing with the phases. It just feels like I'm, I, like, I turn it on. I'm like, this is the next episode of Dragon Ball. Like, well, where are we going <laughs> next? <laughs> all right. Well, that wraps up what we've been playing. Some Mario Golf between the two of us. I got a brand new little toy, and Bilal's also been animated out with Scarlet Nexus. Let's go ahead and get into the news. First story up, if you can pull it up on the stream, Bilal, is according to GameSpot, or reporting out of GameSpot, is GTA 6 will reportedly only be out in 2025 and will include a Fortnite-like evolving map. Uh, according to a leaker with a solid track record, the gap between main entry releases won't be over until 2025, something which take two statements during a recent shareholder event backed up recently. Uh, Bull, are you a big Grand Theft Auto fan? I feel like it's hard not to be in considering the era that we grew up, but... I mean, I love three Vice City, San Andreas. Four was fine. And then so five, I've actually, I think I bought like two or three times, depending on the console. Uh, I think 360, Xbox One, and then PC. And I never actually finished the campaign in that. And... I, I don't know in if five? I just, in five. I don't know if I just got yeah. tired of it. It was during my League of Legends uh, addiction, so I you know I just kind of dropped it. But it, you know, the, the games are fun. They're very well made. The stories tend to be great. Um, maybe I'll go back to it. Uh, aren't they doing like a next gen patch for GTA Five sometime this year as well? Yes, um, I believe so. So I'm, you know, I'll probably go back to it then. But it's. The thing I find interesting here is that they're talking about the ever-evolving Fortnite-like map. And yeah, and it's something that you know Fortnite does, Apex yeah. does. It, 
for right now, it seems to mostly be online service games or mm-hmm. battle royales, you know, games that have a long lifespan. And I guess it it doesn't say whether or not the GTA 6 map will be I assuming I assume the reason for the evolution is because of how popular GTA 5 online is, right? And yeah. that just uses the same map as the campaign. So, I don't although I could be wrong, I don't anticipate there being a ton of new single player content in these evolving maps but rather the maps changing and evolving to help facilitate and support the whatever online component is going to be released because to this day gta online is rockstar's like biggest money maker you know yeah i mean i'm i think were we joking about this a few weeks back how it probably has brings in more revenue than small countries around the world <laughs> yeah yeah um, i would not be surprised yeah, and it, so, so they're saying it's going back to Vice City. Um, it's a, a, re, uh, a new version of Vice City. Um, what I think Rockstar might have lucked their way into is because GTA V was so good, be, because Red Dead Redemption 2 took so long to come out, that they kind of got to evaluate what the gaming landscape looked like and got to take their time to work on what GTA Six could eventually be. Uh, and, like, I don't know if... If we had a GTA 6 coming out this year or next year, how much they would have been able to plan an ever-evolving roadmap or what they could have done with GTA Online in that case. So I think it's I think it's, it's really cool that they got this time. I know one of the factors that they're pushing this to 2025 is they want more consoles in people's hands, especially next-gen consoles. Uh, I'm more curious on if will be at the tail end of this generation by then, or if there'll be mid-console cycle, um, you know, we get a 1X uh, variant or a PS4 Pro or PS5 Pro mm-hmm. variant uh, at some point uh, yeah. by, when this comes out. Yeah, because like, or or will it be like the Xbox <laughs> uh, Series XX, you know, whatever the next generation <laughs> of consoles is. Like, I mean, right. four, four years is a long time and, you know, Rockstar will take their time. If it's not ready by 2025, they, they won't come out. Um, it, that's Rockstar's game. But I'm, I'm excited to see what they do. I think what they do next will definitely define a lot of open-world online games going forward. Uh, like, online gaming drastically changed uh, last generation. And so I'm curious to see how it evolves this year or this generation. Yeah, no, I agree. Now, speaking of evolving and changing maps, a new Genesis, the new Genesis collection event that's just came to Apex Legends brings back original Kings Canyon and World's Edge for the event. And so for those that don't know, I mentioned earlier, Apex Legends has released three maps to date. There is Kings Canyon, which is the original map, World's Edge, and then Olympus. Now, Kings Canyon and World's Edge have both been updated multiple times since they were first released. What this event does is brings back those original day one or day one of their release maps. And so there are different POIs or uh, points of interest on the maps that we haven't seen in a year or, or more. I actually got to play a little bit of this earlier and even just watching the trailer and then playing it, I got like nostalgia 
for these old locations, specifically uh, Thunderdome and Skulltown and Skulltown Slum Lake. Yeah, it's funny because everybody's landing at Skulltown now. I mean, you jump there off so the plane. Gr- there on are so map. many great firefights at Skulltown. Like, yeah. uh, of what I played in Apex when it first came out, Skulltown was like always the most fun because there's yeah. always teams there. There's always great firefights. The verticality was great. Um, I think earlier today, a streamer had a match, an entire match, last four minutes and like 30 seconds because <laughs> everybody landed at, at Skulltown. And so, and that, listen, honestly, that's kind of been my experience so far with these new map, with these uh, old maps, I guess we'll say, is that in the first two minutes, you're down to a third of the total squads left in the game. Did, um, with, and with, sorry, just revert any of the weapon stuff? No, so they 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 didn't revert any of the weapon stuff. And it's funny because even playing today, I had a situation where I realized, oh yeah, some of these changes were for the better, right? Somebody had flown in the, we were one of the two, we were the two last teams. They had just finished a fight. They flew in using uh, Valkyrie's ultimate ability, which allows her to redeploy and her team to redeploy. And they landed on top of an area that normally isn't there, that you normally can't land on. And they were able to sit up there and shoot down at us and just wipe with us right away. <laughs> and so it was like, oh, yeah, there are some <laughs> places that you could exploit in the earlier maps. And uh, some of these changes were for good. But I'm so far having a blast playing on these. I kind of wish that we could get some of these areas back. As much as I like the changes they've made, uh, there's nothing like, in, in my opinion, there's nothing like Skulltown and and slum lakes and so and thunderdome like how long is this lasting so this is lasting two weeks i believe it's until july 13th okay yeah and with it also is like all their events a ton of skins that you can buy if you want to spend you know i think it's like 180 dollars or 200 dollars on skins you can get all the skins in this event and unlock an heirloom for revenant which admittedly looks sick but not for how much it would cost you to get it. Any interest in playing? I think I mentioned the. I don't know if I mentioned on stream, but I mentioned to you before. Right after this, I'm going to restart the stream and be on tonight playing through this event and playing these old maps again. Any interest in hopping in, playing a little I, bit? or? I will have to let you know. Uh, okay. There is a TV show my wife and I have been watching. We have one episode yeah. left, and so... Yeah. Well, forget even tonight. Good. I mean, any oh, yeah. interest this, is this, this kind week. of thing that makes yeah. you want to play? Yeah. Because at least I'll be on the winning team this time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, man. Skill-based matchmaking is is rough, and I am playing against some super sweats. That's the one thing earlier today is that it has brought out more people, <laughs> but also there's been people who have been... This is the only game they've played for the past two years, so... Oh, that's All right, a moving cool heirloom. Yeah, no, the heirloom is very, very nice. Honestly, they do, outside of, mm, I don't love uh, Mirage's heirloom, but all the heirlooms are insane. And it really bums me out because I have gotten so many Apex packs, packs and have yet to get an all red one, which gives you the heirloom shards so that you can craft an heirloom. I have a couple heirlooms, but not through those means. All right, on to the next story. We're going to do a little Xbox block here. Xbox Game Pass built directly into Windows 11. P- 
PC gaming features also include auto HDR and direct storage API. Now the auto HDR is is cool. I mean, Xbox Game Pass is pretty much already built into Windows 10 as is, you know? Um, well, I guess the app of. is a separate download, but yeah. the, the normal Xbox app is already built in and they're just more or less merging the two, you know? Um, as somebody who has the Xbox Game Pass app on my Windows 10 PC, it has all the same features as the base Xbox app with the addition of the Game Pass games. And so the auto HDR is going to work the same way it does for the backwards compatibility stuff on the Xbox series consoles, where it'll automatically ap apply it to the majority of games and your games should in theory look better. The interesting thing for me is the direct storage API, which yes. is what the series consoles what allows them to load so fast. It's also why you have to buy their proprietary storage expansion card to actually access that and make the games run and load as fast as they do. You think there'll be qu quick resume on Windows 11 with that or no? Um, I don't know. I mean, PCs in general kind of have quick resume in the fact that you can kind of just leave games yeah. up in the background. So I don't know if that necessarily requires it. Um, I know, yeah, but having, I, I think having direct storage API set to Windows 11 might be, uh, it's neat because Windows 11 is a free update to those that have Windows 10, but yes. there's that weird requirement of having, uh, I think it's called TPM uh, protection, which not all, not everyone might have. I think on Intel chips, uh, CPUs, it's the eighth generation series and up. So I have that and it's called... Uh, it's called something else. It's not called TPM, uh, which which made things confusing for me to figure out. I almost messed around with updating this computer to Windows 10. And then I realized if I mess up the Streamlab stuff, I'm going to hate myself. So I, to, I held to on. To Windows 11, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, so I, so I, I, I've waited I on uh, updating for now. Yeah, I haven't ran that mm -hmm. update check yet. I'm assuming that I'm good, considering that I do have an 8th gen Core i7. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the one thing they did mention was uh, with that TPM thing. If if your CPU doesn't have it, you can actually buy modules, uh, like se separate external modules they can put onto your motherboard if it has a slot for it. Um, problem is, as soon as that Windows 11 announcement happened, those things jumped in price, and scalpers yeah, are I now sell selling them for like a hundred dollars. Yeah, um, of course they are, and they're out of demand, like they're out of stock. So it's mm. it's crazy. Um, it might not even be a requirement at the end of the day, but for earlier builds, I think it is. All right. Well, speaking of Xbox and Xbox Game Pass, Xbox Cloud Gaming is now available on Apple devices and available via browsers for Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscribers. Prior to this, it was available for Apple and Windows users as just an invite-only beta period. I know you were in it. I, I'm, you're in it. I'm in it. But now it's available for everyone um, through Xbox Game Pass yeah. Ultimate. Ultimate. I think we yeah. talked about this last episode you actually showed on stream. Yeah, I, I just demoed how, it on stream. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you demoed it on stream. Yeah. Just how seamless and easy yeah. it is. It's, it's um, so we don't... extremely easy. Yeah, we don't need we don't, to demo it, but I just want to show exactly. the UI. Yeah. But like, yeah, you quickly log in on PC or on your phone and you're right in. Uh, and... Weirdly, there's a lot of games that you don't expect with touch controls. 
um, like Yakuza like a dragon, Nier Automata. Like you don't need a controller; you can just use the controls on screen, um, which I thought was really interesting. Um, the lineup is humongous, um, and yeah, there's the a lot other, you can play. The other bit of news which they announced, which actually isn't on our lineup, I don't believe, is that. They've upgraded. I know we talked about it lo- appeared that some games were upgraded to the Xbox Series X infrastructure and blades. And they announced that, yes, Xbox Cloud Gaming is now on these custom Xbox Series X blades. And so you should see a performance boost across the board in every game now, which is, is exciting. It, even if it's not for resolution, which now they say that the game should stream at up to 1080p, 60 frames per second. But more than anything is the load times, which is what we talked about a lot last oh, week. Is, there are some solid games on here. I could be playing more cross-code. <laughs> uh, anyway, Blah gets easily distracted. Blah, why don't yeah. you take this next story on your boy Badoof? Badoof? Anyone playing Pokemon Go? Well, no, Bidoofs are everywhere, and there are more Bidoofs incoming. Uh, the official Pokemon account has dubbed July 1st Bidoof Day. Uh, as everyone knows, Bidoof is the greatest Pokemon out there. It might be the stupidest Pokemon, but it tries. It tries its hardest. And so on July 1st from 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. local time, Bidoofs will be everywhere. There will be a Bidoof breakout event. Badoofs will be appearing in one, three, and five-star raid battles. Um, yeah, Badoofs can learn Ice Beam, Shadow Ball, or Thunderbolt. Uh, it's stupid. Uh, you get a Shadow Badoof from uh, uh, Team Rocket. There's a Badoof Cup in the PvP uh, battle mode. Uh, so you can only use Badoofs uh, up to the CP level of 500. Um, it is great. And there's a free uh, research event. And on top of that, four times catch experience. Um, Bidoof is the greatest. Um, he is the best. Just look, just look at that smile, everyone. Look at that smile. Um, how can that not make you happy? Uh, I know people are, some people in the community are already sick of all the Bidoofs. Uh, I just think it's a great joke that keeps on going on. And I just wanted to add it to, uh, the story. That's all. All right. Next bit of news, we got Dante is coming to Smash Brothers as a Mii fighter. So hats off to Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. They've done a pretty good job of, first off, they've added a ton of DLC characters to this game and DLC cra- uh, characters proper. But obviously, there are so many other characters that people would love that they're just not going to come to the game. And they've done a decent job of adding a bunch of characters as costumes for me fighters uh in ultimate so while granted i would love a full-blown dante uh downloadable character this is a a nice little consolation prize and it's not just dante yes so Uh that's what i was gonna say is uh also included is shante from um the shante series which i'm a big fan of i know you're playing like the metroid games and a lot of those are very mm-hmm. much metroidvania yeah uh sorry then there is lloyd from tales of symphonia and then the dragonborn from elder Scroll- scrolls 5 skyrim are you playing any when was the last time you played smash brothers i actually played it uh two weeks ago uh right before e3 uh the weekend it 
we had a blast. Uh, my cousins have decided to get competitive in it, and you know we turned off items, and that makes me sad. Like I, I like playing with items. I, 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 I get it. I like people want a great competitive fighting game. Smash has the depth for it, but I always like the looniness of uh, what is offered there. See, I'm I'm one of the people who I am fine playing with items if we're just mm -hmm. hanging out and having a good time. But if people are going to run their mouth, then we're turning items off and then we're just going straight up. So yeah. I do like that Smash offers that, though, that you can play it super yeah. serious and competitive if you like. Or and, and it can just be a, a party game. Yes, yeah. agreed. Now, the other bit of news is that Tekken's Kazuya is coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate on June 29th. So he He's, is the next full-blown yeah. DLC character. He'll be included as part of the Ultimate Challenger Pack 10, which cost uh, $5.99, and as a part of the game's Fighters Pass Volume 2, which cost $24.99. Now, what was also announced is that he is the second to last character. The final, final character will be the one following this, and then we won't see any more DLC characters for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I, oh man, I wish I had this information in front of me, but the the roster is huge now on that game it's enormous um yeah. i wonder if i can pull it up on the that's side. fine while you, while you look for yeah. it i'm gonna we can just interrupt uh, i'm gonna move on to the next story but before i move away from this uh this is cool i'm not the i like tekken i'm not the biggest tekken fan i think his character model looks awesome and they always do a pretty good job of making them feel like they belong in the game while also being true to um the source material the us playing uh, Mario Golf and seeing how well the online worked and ran uh, has actually made me and my friends more interested in getting back into Smash Brothers. So there's a chance that I will be picking this up uh, and then Smash Brothers up again in the near future. The problem is, though, is that once I start playing this game, I know I'm going to get competitive and try to be as good as possible so there's a fear that it becomes the only game i play for a while and that that for me is like i think the problem i don't i don't like investing time in fighting games i just like messing around with fighting games for fun yeah. just uh and then when you play against someone that's serious they're wave dashing they're grabbing with shields they uh edge guarding some of the phrases i've heard over the years i'm just like <laughs> i'm like that's nice now here, here's browser yeah. just breathing with me breathing fire with browser and just like grabbing guys and just jumping off the edge with them and just just to uh piss, piss off people um but you know it, it's a great series i can't believe there's 81 characters and i'm gonna end with 82 um yeah and you was in bonkers. the 80s i just didn't yeah. want to misspeak and who do you think they go with for the last I have I have I have no clue. Who you would know, you want? I think you could choose any character in a video game series or franchise. I, I. I want to see mean, Crash. I want to see Crash Bandicoot enter this mix. I think. I mean, got, you Crash got, would be cool. I think you got a lot of the platform heroes over the time. You got Mario. You got Banjo. Uh, you got Sonic. You, you know what? I mean, I guess we already have Banjo and Kazooie, but yeah. I would like to see another two two fighter team in the form of Ratchet and Clank after playing Ooh. Ratchet and Clank recently. That would be a nice a Sony yeah. addition to this. Yep. I mean, you already have the soft partnership with Microsoft where you get Minecraft Steve and you got Banjo and Kazooie. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I would also take another, you know, you want to bring in Master Chief? I'll play as Master Chief oh. in, in Smash Brothers. I would love that. 
Yeah, that would be a nice one. But that's the problem, right? Is that we could sit here and spend an hour and a half naming characters that we think would fit into Smash Brothers. And that's also why I don't pity <laughs> the developers of this game. Like Sakurai needs his yeah. sleep. He, he, needs, yes. he needs a vacation. Right. I, 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 can only... just I can just imagine some, him sitting <laughs> on a beach somewhere and so a fan goes and like, Sakurai, right? And he's like, yeah. And he's going to be like, you should have put Goku in Smash. <laughs> just yeah. Like... yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> There's nowhere he can go did, to escape. Did, did we did we really need 40 of the 82 characters to come from Fire Emblem? <laughs> Was that necessary? You know, it's a, I don't know. It's a tough job. Uh, right. Let's go ahead and move on. Next story. NIS America partners with France Transla Fan Translation Group for the next trail okay. series localizations. You want to talk about this one? Because yeah, so, I have no uh, interest. Yeah. So the trails games, uh, there's um, got Legend of Heroes trails, uh, and then there's like the Cold Steel series. Um, and so they have a bunch of games that haven't been localized yet uh, in the West. And these games are encyclopedias of text. They're, I mean, thousands and thousands of lines uh, of dialogue, of item descriptions, things like that. And so it, it, it's, it's a giant effort. And so uh, NIS America partnered with uh, the translation group Geofront to work with them on releasing uh, the remaining games in the series and the upcoming ones in, uh, you know, into the U.S. Uh, for official English localization. And it, it's awesome to see this because some of the transla fan translation work that's been done over the years, especially with this series, um, and the work that's been done with the series, like... I was playing uh, one of the there's a the trilogy there's a trilogy out on the Vita, and there's different versions of it, and the fan community has taken like the deluxe or like whatever the the best version of that game is, patched made a manual patch for it on Vita to put in all the English text uh, and I think voices as well. Uh, it's it's incredible work that they've done over the years, and I think seeing an official publisher working with a fan group, uh, it, it's really cool. And I, if it means better translations, faster localization for these games, even better. I think it's a win across the board. These games are super long, though. Um, but if you're looking for a solid RPG with a fantastic story, these games, I highly recommend checking them out. Yeah, I mean, I'm all for... Yeah. getting the best translation and best experience on 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 any game you know i I may not be interested in the trails series but i do i agree i think it is cool when they're going out of their way and letting these fan translation groups because nine times out of ten they do a much better job than the in-studio localization teams yeah and it's like like this paragraph right here prior to those releases nis america will put out trails from uh no, Trials from Zero in fall 2022 and Trials to Azure in 2023. The two games were originally launched in Japan in 2010 and 2011. It's been a decade. Uh, and, uh, you know, fans have been clamoring for it. You know? Oh, my so God. It, that's so weird for you to say, like, 2010 has been a decade. Considering had, that we graduated <laughs> college before that date. Yeah. <laughs> I had a friend just uh, message me. Uh, I was talking to him about, like, he posted something about dashboard confessional like it's been so many years since and i was like i was like i can't i was like stop dating us and he's like you know it's been 15 years since we graduated high school and then the, the slow realization that three years from now i will have lived as long outside of school the school system <laughs> as i have attending it and it's it's scary 
It's scary uh, how fast time just goes by. We're old well, men. We're old men. Moving on. <laughs> next bit of news. Doom Eternal gets his next-gen update on Xbox Series X, S, and PS5. And we've got some information about what those modes bring. So the cool thing about this is all three modes have a base of 60 frames per second. So you're getting 60 frames per second no matter what you pick. On the Series X and PlayStation 5, the same modes across... Well, oh, actually, there is one difference. All right, so we'll just go through it. Series X, you have the performance mode, which is 1800p at 120 frames per second. Balance mode, which is 2160p at 60 frames per second, and then that's 4K. And then ray tracing mode, which is 1800p at 60 frames per second. The Series S gets performance mode 1080p at 120 frames, balance mode 1440p at 60 frames per second, but ray tracing mode is not available on the Series S. PlayStation 5 gets performance mode at 1584p, 120 frames per second, balance mode 2160p, 60 frames per second, and ray tracing mode 1800p, 60 frames per second. So the difference between the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X is in that 120 frames per second performance mode you get higher resolution with the series x than you do with the playstation 5 uh as a reminder this upgrade is free on all platforms if you already own doom eternal and doom eternal is available as part of xbox game pass i love the 2016 doom i loved doom eternal i know some people had uh, some complaints about how much platforming is in doom eternal but i think we don't have enough of the types these types of games right where oftentimes and for the longest time we fell into this rut of first person shooters where it was all right shoot this guy go over into cover shoot this guy go over to cover slowly push forward so that you stop the endless spawning of enemy waves right that's how call of duties have been for the past i don't know 15 years <laughs> right uh that's how the majority of first person shooters across the board have been and then doom in 2016 came along and was like you know what instead of regenerative shields you want to get health back you have to go in right in their face and execute you get rewarded for smart aggression in the doom franchise and i love both these games and this is reason enough for me to go back to Doom Eternal and actually play the DLC that was released, the expansions that were released, because I have not touched those yet. Any thoughts I, on... Did you play any, either of them, 2016 I, I played, Eternal? I played the first one a bit. Um, I picked up Eternal on my PC, and I just never played it. I have a bad habit of doing that. <laughs> but um, <laughs> So I might just check these out on consoles and not have to worry. I remember I fired up Eternal, and then... I looked at how hot my computer got, and I was like, "That's." <laughs> I could smell. I could smell the smoke, and I was like, mm, yeah. "Maybe, maybe when I update the graphics card." Uh, and I did, and I just never got back to it. All right. Next bit of news: Remedy, a uh, developer that I think is incredibly underrated, and I was excited to see them find so much success with Control, even though I believe that Quantum Break walked so that control could run right like quantum break gets a bad rap and i think when that game is when you get into a flow in that game that game was a lot of fun uh 
although granted not as good as control. Um, that being said, Remedy is signing a co-publishing development agreement with 505 Games for a multiplayer spin-off game of Control. Now, we don't have a lot of details about what exactly you're going to be doing in this multiplayer game. Uh, just that, I mean, this announcement is it, just that there is one coming. I have no idea what they could possibly do outside of maybe a kind of cooperative horde-based game. But if they're making a full-fledged multiplayer release, I I can't even imagine what they have in mind for that particular game. I honestly, I Scarlet Nexus came to mind for a second, for a hot second, with all the telekinesis powers and whatnot of like what this might feel like. But yeah, but what do you yeah, do I, in a multiplayer setting? Yeah, I, I think uh, you're right. It might just end up. Be, I think we're in the era of Left for Dead spinoffs <laughs> again. I think that's a, I think that's the only way you kind of make that feel good if you do something along the lines of Ghost of Tsushima's multiplayer mode, right? The Legends mode. Because as much as I like Control, it doesn't lend itself and the movement in that game doesn't lend itself to a competitive multiplayer in my opinion. Now, I could be wrong and I could be surprised by what they pull out and I have nothing but uh, faith in them as a development studio. I just, I can't grasp or fathom what it is they're going to do with this. If Ghost of Tsushima could pull it off, maybe, yeah. maybe Remedy True. can as well. Um, True. Yeah, and I, I think the part that makes me feel a bit better, PC, PS5, and Xbox Series X and S, um, control on last-gen systems, not great. Uh, not a great experience. I, played, I mean, ended up I, playing it on PC where it, the frame rate was smooth. <laughs> so I played it on the Xbox One X, so admittedly, it was the more powerful of the last-gen consoles. But I didn't have, outside of maybe one or two fights, I didn't have many frame rate issues. I did know, I do know that people were having issues on the base models. and, But it wasn't, again, it wasn't like a cyberpunk level of unplayability or bad experience. I still enjoyed it. That's how I played it uh, the first time all the way through. And I'm actually replaying it now because I enjoyed that game so much on the Series X. I'm playing the Ultimate Edition with the updated visuals and effects. Yeah, and I think part of the reason I did pick it up on uh, PC was because of ray tracing. Everybody was raving about ray tracing. And it was one of the first games I got to experience the DLSS support on as well. Um, Because I turned it off and tried to run that thing in 4K, and it was just uh, a slideshow. And then you turn that thing yeah. on, the game looks just as good, if not better, and it performs amazing. And so that's where I saw the magic of DLSS for the first time on PC. Yeah, yeah. so I mentioned that I was hosting some of Monica's family this weekend. Um, her cousin, who is maybe a year younger than me, he was here, and he's actually spent the night one of the nights, and I was kind of showing off the new console because he hadn't seen any games running on it yet. And so I went through a number of games just showing off different uh, fidelity and effects and stuff like that. And so one of the games I showed him was Control, actually, just to see all of the, you know, the ray tracing in there and the particle effects. And then also I showed him Sea of Thieves because I still think that that water is the best looking water that's ever been in a game. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do. I would love to see more games in that universe i mean they kind of came out and said yeah there's alan wake is set in that like multiverse or that universe that they have going on and so if they can keep doing stories 
in that universe, I'm all for it. Now, the last story we have, and arguably the biggest story, this one just released today, is that Sony has purchased and acquired Returnal Studio Housemark. Good for them. They are yes, it. agreed. I think I think this is a good acquisition. I think that Housemark has only ever released quality games. I don't think this is a, an exciting acquisition, and that is to say that it doesn't change anything really because the last you know i think the last game that they released multi-platform was uh that game outlast which they released you know ubisoft published that but their past six or so titles have been published by sony now it is smart for sony to snap them up and i assume that whatever publishing agreement they had had ran out and what it really means is that while it doesn't kind of change the gaming landscape from the past, what's been going on the past few years, it does mean that n- nobody else can come in and, and snatch them up and they do remain exclusive to Sony. And I mean, like you said, good for them. I love the Returnal. Um, I like the Resogun. Resogun was what I played I think, on my PS4 yeah, for the longest I think, time. I think Resogun is awesome. I'm literally every Super Stardust, every game they've done, I've enjoyed. It, it, ma- it makes um, me sad because they used to do those arcade shooters, um, the arcade shooters like Matterfall and, and things yeah, like that. and those games and Dead Nation, those games were good, but there wasn't an audience, and they they said they were pivoting away from that because there wasn't they weren't making money in, in yes, that area. but. At- but the reality yeah. is, at the end of the day, Returnal, Returnal is still kind of one of those games, right? I yeah, mean, it's a yeah. better modernized version of that. But we still, it still scratches that arcade action itch for me, just in the framework of and in the body of a roguelite, you know? And so, I mean, like I said, good on them, smart acquisition. It's one of those things that makes a ton of sense for Sony and it fills this um, niche spot in their portfolio. It's just not, it's not a like industry shaking acquisition. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like while I, I, while they are, uh, yeah, we can talk about, um, did you see that other bit of news as well? Yeah. Yeah. The, where Sony Japan messed up. Yeah. So Sony Japan had pit up this banner that says, welcome to the family. And the official banner shows PlayStation Studios, Housemark, welcome to the family. Sony of Japan had an image go up that said PlayStation Studios, Blue Point Games, welcome to the family. And for those who don't know, Blue Point, they're the ones who have done the remakes uh, of Sony properties in the past. They're the ones who did the uh, uh, Demon uh, Souls, Souls remake. Yeah. yeah, that's the most recent what, release that they did. The other, um, what was the other one they did? Uh, remake. So this this uh, is this is the image that uh, Sony Japan. Uh, yeah, and out. again, and it, for those who are just listening to the audio, it's just a banner that says yeah. PlayStation Studios, Blue Point Games, Welcome to Family, which is, uh, you know, where they messed up because the official one has House Mark. Yeah. Now and, and I this could be <laughs> a simple mistake, but also. Blue Point Games would be another one of those acquisitions that kind of just makes sense. Yeah. And it's a studio that if you had asked 
anybody what studio if they had to wager would be the next acquisition for sony it would be blue point games yeah i mean their relationship with microsoft not microsoft with sony Sony. is it goes back to 2009 they did the god of war collection on ps3 ico and shadow of colossus collection yeah i was gonna say they did the shadow Um, colossus about playstation all-stars battle royale on vita they did flower uh remastered ports for ps4 and vita and then Uncharted Nation Drake Collection, Gravity Rush Remastered, Shadow Classes Remaster, and then the Demon Souls Remaster. And then they did Titanfall, um, port of original game release for Microsoft Windows and Xbox One. Um, for the 360, they did the 360 version. And then yeah. uh, listen, yeah. it's it's that would be a smart acquisition as well. I thought we... they were already part of Sony, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. So we we see every year that these remasters and remakes when done well sell a ton or highly critically acclaimed and there is a hunger for them right there is a market out there for these remakes and these remasters and when they're done well man like as as much as i am one of those people who once i beat a game i'm done with it when these remasters actually bring a new level of when it's just when it's not just an upres, when it is a modernization of them, then I'm all for it, and it's super smart to have a studio like that in house, especially considering all the storied franchises that Sony has. Right now, while yes, I'm more excited about new IPs and new entries and franchises, this that would still be a super smart acquisition. Yeah, and I think the the fear, the one fear I have is like we're just having. Sony and Microsoft buy up these studios. I mean, EA has picked up a fair share over the years as well. We just have these super, super publishers at the end of the day. Um, And so I hope we don't end up in a situation where we're losing stuff. Like I know Microsoft, Microsoft was just evaluated at $2 trillion. They're, They're in the $2 trillion club. They're throwing money into gaming. Like, I would hate to see them go out and buy an EA or a Ubisoft and make them exclusive. I think the more games you can get into gamers' hands, the better. But I also understand from a business perspective, the more studios they have, the more they can spread out their calendar of games and launches like that. Because um, yeah, you know, it takes a long time. But yeah, you know, it's uh, it. it Happy for the uh, happy for these smaller studios. I'm glad they're especially Housemark and Bluepoint. They make sense. They have this this long partnership with them, uh, with Sony. So at the end of the I, day, I, I I just hope that this doesn't turn into something worse as a way to just like rally the fans that were acquiring yeah. Studios. I, listen, yeah, I I understand that that fear, and I don't necessarily think that that's what these two acquisitions are. I mean, as you said, yeah. like you thought Bluepoint Games was part of the Sony and yeah. granted that's not officially announced yet, you know, but hypothetically speaking, if it is confirmed down the road, you already thought that was the case. House Mark hasn't per- developed a game outside of the Sony console in 10 years. Right. And so it's not quite doing that the same way that Microsoft picking, uh, buying Bethesda, right. And Zenimax. I will say the one thing that kind of, for me alleviates that fear when it comes to Microsoft is Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. It is the cloud streaming. It is the releasing games on PC as well, right? Where 
yes, it makes it a console exclusive, but there are plenty of ways for people to play these games. And with cloud streaming, it is a $15 a month subscription, right? So in some ways, it becomes more affordable than releasing on all these other consoles. So I actually don't have that fear. Uh, I think that stuff is going to continue to happen. And I think that stuff is normal. It's the same way that like as much as it sucks, but sports are like that, right? I mean, the NFL, the games are, you know, played on and shown on certain networks on certain days and people have different rights. Netflix has original content and they also go out and while they're not, you know, necessarily buying studios, they are signing exclusive production and development deals with talent you know, which is essentially what this becomes. Now, the difference is they're not signing lifetime ones, you know, Um, but it's not out of the norm, you know, and we're still going to have a ton of indie studios as well. And so I don't have that fear. I don't think that grim outlook is going to come to pass at some point. You can only buy so many studios. Uh, before your slate of games is kind of cannibalizing itself and those acquisitions don't pay off. And so, but also this kind of like arms race, if you want to call it that, of Sony buying some studios and Microsoft buying some studios doesn't bother me at all. But also, I don't play into those console wars, yeah. right? And I can, <laughs> I and I, I understand, I am very blessed. I am able to own... When you're old men like us, you have money. Yes. But, <laughs> you have adult but, money. <laughs> but also, the reality is, is these consoles in their own right have plenty of great games to play. And there's not, yeah. I don't care who you are, there's not enough time to play all the great games on one console and all the great games on the other. So just play what you like and what you have and enjoy, you know? Yeah. I'm uh, right I think that, with you on that. Yeah, I think that wraps it up for the news. We actually are doing pretty good time-wise on this, which means that I can go ahead and get into the live stream of Apex after this. Uh, Bilal, you want to run us through a little bit of where people can find you, what people can do to support the channel? Yeah, uh, you guys can find me at on Twitter at Bilal underscore Mion, uh, on Twitch at Night Mystic, um, and... You can find the workprint at theworkprint.com uh, and the workprint on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Um, I'm trying to make that Instagram a bit more lively. I uh, started using it again today. Um, and yeah, no, on Twitch, uh, definitely give us a follow, a subscribe. Make sure to, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, uh, leave a rating. Uh, goes a long way in the comment. I'll have to hear some feedback and incorporate that. If you have any questions that you want to submit into the show uh, for us or in general about gaming, theworkprint at gmail.com uh, for that. And if you're an Amazon Prime um, subscriber and you've linked it to your Twitch account, you get a free gift every month um, for subscriptions. If you like us, give us a gift. It goes a long way. <laughs> Video games are expensive. <laughs> yeah, that is to say that if you have Amazon Prime and you link it to your Twitch account, you have Prime Gaming, which allows you one free subscription to any channel a month. That does not auto-renew, so you do have to come back every month. But if you like and want to support us, yes, please use that subscription here. Yeah, Rob needs to build a car. <laughs> 
You can find me on the social medias at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. It's also my gamer tag. That's also my Twitch, twitch.tv slash SunnyVice20. I've been streaming less often there because I'm trying to do more stuff here to kind of keep the ball rolling with the momentum we have here so far. But I do plan on streaming again sometime this week because me and TJ have to finish that It Takes Two series oh, that we were doing. Yeah, I actually just realized I need to contact my buddy and we need to finish that. That's um, our relationship like is not going well. <laughs> <laughs> Besides leaving a comment on the podcast and leaving us a review, also make sure to tell somebody about it if you enjoy it. Even if somebody can't catch the stream live, it is archived if they want to watch it later or if they want to listen to it on the podcast. As much as I enjoy doing it live here, the production and the audio quality on the podcast has been so good lately that that's actually my favorite place to uh kind of re-listen to it and do just some you know quality checks on on the podcast itself so you know give it a listen if you can't catch us live i think that about wraps it up on behalf of Bilal and myself until next time bye bye bye